I always like to say that I'm a master of a couple items and I do a couple items very, very well. And I'm a specialist on those few things. And that's what I want to stay as. This is Fishtails, a seafood podcast. I'm John Sussman. Two years ago, in one of the first Fishtails seafood podcast broadcasts, we caught up with Greenfish, a South African supplier of sustainable fresh fish. Born of founder Ryan Nienabar's love for fishing in the ocean, the family-run business services restaurants, hospitality and wholesale seafood businesses with high-quality seasonal and locally sourced seafood. Much of it literally caught on handline by Ryan. As the onset of COVID ravaged the food service industry, Ryan and his team needed to move their business model to focus on the consumer market. Today we catch up with him to hear how the past few years have treated him, how his catching and wholesaling business transitioned to serving home cooks and what will be on his dinner table this Christmas. My name is Ryan and I'm from Cape Town, South Africa. I've been fishing since the age of five and I'm the owner and founding member of a company called Greenfish that supplies fresh, local, tuna and line fish to the hospitality industry in and around Cape Town. So 2022 on the back of um, coming out of COVID has been been surprisingly pleasant for us. A couple things have worked in our favor. One was that in COVID time, we pivoted our business and grew a new leg from only B2B to our new leg of B2C and servicing home consumers with our online deli, delivering fish to their door that has been caught within a 24-hour period. That was very well accepted during COVID and has grown substantially to become an important leg of our business. So from pre-COVID of only doing wholesale, we now have this retail leg, which is going daily and, and doing very, very well. Subsequently to that, we have seen the restaurants all picking up. With our weaker rand and people moving around the world, we're seeing a lot of tourists coming back into Cape Town. Cape Town is one of our food capitals of South Africa. We have a very, very strong food scene and we are seeing the support coming back. And this is wonderful because it has a knock-on effect all the way through the chain because if the restaurants are busy, the wholesalers are busy. If the wholesalers are busy, they're putting more pressure on the fishermen to go out and catch and it's just a win-win for all. The pursuit of growth sometimes takes you in a strange direction. In some cases, it means changing your field of work or reinventing yourself. For some like the Greenfish Boys, the onset of COVID meant entering a different market altogether. For fishermen, the daily challenge of hunting fish is hard enough. Building an integrated wholesale business can add a myriad of complexity, moving from selling boatloads to smaller volumes. Moving further upstream to servicing home cooks is another kettle of fish altogether. In the time it takes to guide the home cook through the storage, handling and preparation of two portions of tuna, Ryan would have typically sold a boatload of fish. In the seafood industry, there are few that can travel the road from selling wholesale to retail. The BTC side has been a very, very interesting journey for us. Historically, for I started trading in 2001. From 2001 till 2020, I refused to service the home user. The Mrs. Jones in the kitchen was just not my ideal customer. COVID happened, 
we pivoted very quickly and, and we were one of the first to pivot our business into supplying the, the home user. And it's a very different clientele versus a skilled chef that you're working with daily with the same couple of people every day. These are, are one-time users that become regular users over a period of building trust and they have a different requirement. For instance, they don't need a whole tuna. They only need a kilo of tuna for their meal for that evening. One thing that we found and that I've particularly found over the the last three years in this new business that we have, have developed is that I found myself feeling more of a fishmonger or feeling that I've become more of a fishmonger than ever before. People are, are relying on me to not only uh, direct them in what to, what to eat, but they're asking questions. How was it caught? Where was it caught? When was it caught? And this is a fantastic, um, this has been a fantastic um question by our consumers because it's made me become more of an educator. The last three years I found myself giving more education about fish, where it comes from and how it's caught than ever before in my career. In South Africa we have a particularly unique challenge and that is we are a very meat dominated society. If you take a typical South African consumes on average two kilos of seafood per person per year, with a typical European consumes around 50 to 60 kilos of seafood per person per annum. So we've had to find ourselves in a position of, of teaching people on how to cook their fish and how to enjoy their seafood. COVID gave us a leg up in this regard because people were stuck at home and forced to learn how to cook. What happened was people said, hey Ryan, we want to buy your fish, we want to support you, but we simply don't know how to cook it or what to do. So we had to find a way to overcome this fear of cooking fish of people in their homes. And we did this through a blog that my wife started. So my wife started a blog called thefishwife.co.za and all she did here was take the very fish that I caught and my brother caught and tell people how to cook it very easily and removing that fear that fish is difficult to cook. And what she did is she just took whatever the item was, um, fresh yellowtail for instance that we're catching at the moment, she said right this is how you cook it, three to five um, steps, two or three ingredients and 15 minutes and this is how you do cook, this is how you cook fish simply and beautifully. And what has come from the comments that we've seen from the interactions from the people her res her recipe which she doesn't even like to call a recipe because it's so simple her the recipe that has received the most thanks and and gratitude goes like this and it's called her easiest grilled king clip king clip very much like a ling that you guys get in new zealand and it goes like this Open the packet of, of fresh king clip that has been delivered to your door by Greenfish. Place it on a baking tray on some tin foil. Add salt, pepper, a dollop of butter, and put in your grill on a medium heat for 15 minutes. That's the recipe. It is so simple, yet it comes out so delicious that it totally removes the fear of cooking at home. And people have been like, wow, that was so great. Give us your next thing and challenge us a little bit more. 
and that has built the confidence and sort of removed this fear or this barrier that we had encountered from cooking seafood at home. And it's been a wonderful journey of education and sharing what we love with our new home users. Definitely, we've seen home unit users' um, confidence improve, and we've seen this on two levels. When we first started the home platform, we started very, very basic with four or five um, options or staples for sale. And those were, let's call it the safe options, your run-of-the-mill easy options. From having four or five items for sale, I think we have over 60 items currently, and we're seeing repeat customers. So we're seeing Mrs. Jones every Wednesday buying a seafood product from us. And where they might have always taken something very safe like hake, um, which is a, a very staple go-to um, fish, we're now seeing them trying something like opa, moonfish, swordfish. And the journey of development has definitely grown as the home chef or the home cook has grown in confidence and this is wonderful to see and the thing that I love most about this as we've removed the fear and this barrier we are empowering people to eat what I call local and lacquer fish if you're eating what is seasonal and fresh you're not only getting the best that's around there at that time of year but generally when things are in season the prices are lower so the the home cook is getting the best of both worlds they're getting the best product at the best price and you know ultimately it's a win-win for everybody and this is fantastic the magnitude of the covid lockdowns are up for debate but those who work in or around the food service industry know all too well that the effects were devastating just listen to some of the deep in the weeds podcasts as restaurant doors opened around the world normality was not a given some countries indeed some cities responded in different ways For some, getting access to the simplest of takeaway food was a blessing, and this needed servicing, whatever the seafood might be. So COVID hit the food scene very, very hard. Um, Cape Town, just being a beautiful tourist destination, good costs for um, tourists when they get here because things are relatively cheap with their stronger currencies. We have some of the best restaurants in the world, in my opinion. Well, not my opinion. We have a top 10 in the world based here in Cape Town, and they actually serve in their signature dish tuna in a tin, which is caught by a greenfish and has been their signature dish for a couple of years. Post-COVID, when the restaurant started up, everybody said, hey, the restaurants are getting busy. Ryan, you must be doing so well now. And I said, not actually. The restaurant started off very passively. And I would say your average pizza and burger joint was starting to do well because the point of entry was cheaper. So people started going out and and enjoying themselves, but cautiously. And I think that was on their pocket because they've come out of COVID, businesses had struggled, and you know the disposable income just wasn't there. That was, say, 21, 2001, we saw that sort of um, behavior. We saw the, the restauranteurs putting cheaper seafood products on their, on their menu. So a lot of guys were just doing your standard fish and chips. Um, and in Cape Town, that's a hake and chips. So we saw that becoming the, let's say, the hero of the menu for, for that time. 2022, and especially now as we're going into December, 
we have now seen the change. The pivot of people asking, do you have Mozambican langoustines? What is your tuna looking like? Is it nice and fatty? We want tuna on the menu. We want our handline yellowtail kingfish back on the menu. We want, you know, your cobble yo, which is like your guys' jewfish back on the menu. And we're seeing that a change from, let's call it your run-of-the-mill cheaper-based item to your more elaborate um, items. And I think this is twofold. One, we're going into our busy December Christmas season. And two, we've had a year of recovery and people are starting to say, hey, right, we can push out the food costs a little bit here. Let's experiment. Let's make things exciting. Let's get people back into to our restaurant with excitement and let's give them a great, a great seafood meal. And that's starting to show now. One of the most exciting things about the Greenfish team is their commitment to quality. It's easy in the world of seafood supply to be attracted to trying to grab more sales by merely trading more product, regardless of the provenance or history of the source of supply. Ryan is committed to having an intimate knowledge of every fish he sells, again, most of which he has caught himself. So in terms of new species, we, we, we as green fish are not big on carrying huge varieties. I always like to say that I'm a master of a couple items and I do a couple items very, very well. And I'm a specialist on those few things. And that's what I want to stay as. I rather want to be a master of a, of a couple items than, you know, a jack of all trade that doesn't get anything done particularly well, but has everything for sale. Our customers that have been with us, some of them for more than two decades, know when they come to Greenfish and they speak to Ryan, what they get is the best that the Cape has to offer. And we're going to stay in that. In that, We're going to stay true to what we do. And we're going to stay true to the product on hearing the product as it is. And if we can do a good job with our product, a chef has very little to do to make it shine on a plate. And I always want to stay truthful to that. There are many stories about the pirates operating in the waters off northeast Africa. Most of them are distressing tales of death and destruction. It's amazing to hear of their influence in the regeneration of a tuna resource. I've always said two things about about fishing. The Somali pirates that were off the east coast of Africa, I think were one of the greatest conservationists for our fish resources. That area of the Indian Ocean is known as a tuna breeding ground. And when their piracy was at its peak and there were not a lot of foreign vessels operating in their waters, we suddenly saw a spill of fish coming down the coastline and coming into to the South African waters. Traditionally in Cape Town, we only get big tuna, 40, 50 kilos and greater. When that piracy was at its peak, we started seeing, seeing juvenile fish. And I thought, hey man, I know what they, these guys are doing for humanity is terrible, but ecologically it was a wonderful thing. COVID, I felt, did something similar. Because there was not a lot of drive or demand for these seafood products, the ocean's got a, a one-year break. The bait fish were not hammered as much by the, the trawlers. If there's a lot of bait, there's more pelagic fish. And, you know, I found this to be another little, let's say, blessing for our ocean um, to recover. And this year, particularly, the fishing is off the hook. We are having amazing conditions off Cape Town right now. Our yellowtail 
is biting like you cannot believe. The quality of the fish is fat and round. Our tuna, the catches are exceptional right now of both yellowfin and the albacore tuna. So whether it was to do with these external factors or just a season, I'm not sure. I like to think the little break has, has helped and we are seeing the results from this. Through his work with the International Pole and Lion Foundation, Ryan has helped transition many third and emerging world fisheries from commodity producers of low-value seafood to fishers that catch and sell some of the finest tuna on the planet. His never-dying commitment to sustainability is based on his belief for delivering the true value of any fish taken from the ocean. Earlier this year, I was very blessed to visit Oman. Oman is a country that is an it's amazing country that has a lot of wealth due to its oil. It also has thousands of kilometers of coastline. It's a long, skinny country that, that hogs the coast. We have identified a historical tuna fishery that has been happening there, but at a very low value. The guys there have not been getting the true value of the tuna for what they are harvesting. Historically, the tuna has just been caught whole round and going for canning. And from a personal point of view, I've always believed if we take a tuna out of the ocean, it's our responsibility as custodians of the ocean to look after that tuna, honor it, give it the best quality and give it the best use of its life to make sure it gets heroed and shines on the best plates in the best restaurants around the world. This has not been happening in Oman until now. What's been very exciting with the trials we conducted earlier this year with techniques that I've learned from South Africa, from Canada, from when I was fishing in Australia, we've applied some of those techniques to the fish on the traditional handline boats that we have seen in Oman. And we suddenly seen, hey, this fish is good enough. It's just had the wrong handling. What I absolutely love about the fishery the fishery is all local owned, small family run boats that are two or three generations. These boats are typically around the 10 meter mark. They're empowering local coastal um, communities because the fish caught in and around those areas is going into those communities and that money is circulating within those communities. These guys are using handline techniques. What's wonderful about this is that there's little to no bycatch. There's no destruction to the seabed and it's a good win for the environment. So from what I see at the moment, the fishermen are winning. They're getting a better return on their investment and they'll make, what I see, the fishermen are making more money from the same amount of fish harvested or they can catch less fish for to make the same amount of money. The environment's, getting a win because you know you're not hammering it with industrial style fishing methods and it's a win for the market it's a win 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 all round and this is a project that i'm super excited about and we're looking forward to getting our first orders out of oman for the international markets in early january so really exciting initiative and i don't think there's many places in the world that are having this sort of exposure to new fisheries opening you know when one does a project you always look to what you know first we have we, we've identified three starting points for the markets we're looking in the traditional gcc or the gulf areas in and around 
um, Oman, so into Dubai and surrounds, some into Saudi Arabia. We'll be looking into the European market in a loin manner. So just a, a small value add in country in Oman and sending those loins through to, to that market and then looking at both the east and west coast of America, um, both which have their own unique requirements. So yeah, this is looking looking great. Hopefully we expand this into Australia down to you, John. Success breeds success. As Ryan's newfound love for servicing consumers takes hold, so too it is being recognised in the growth of his business. Hey John, I haven't sat still for the last year. We, we've got the Oman project which I've just discussed with you. We're working on the island of Santa Elena as well, helping the guys there. So there's some movement happening there that I will discuss with you early next year once that's off the ground. Uh, we as a family run business have grown substantially and I would say thanks to COVID, our staff complement has actually grown four times. So we are bursting at the seams with, with in our walls and we're looking to take over the factory next door to us and increase our footprint um, by 200% um, with our capacity in-house. This is a wonderful opportunity because that enables us to push out onto the new barriers and new seafoods that are in and around Cape Town and start pushing some of those less underexploited items that we've identified. Um, so we'll share a lot of those things with you early next year. Like Australia, celebrating Christmas with hot turkey, roast pork and steamed plum pudding makes absolutely no sense. But some traditions die hard, especially in countries colonised by people from colder climes. But there's no denying that seafood should be the right choice for those of us living in the Southern Hemisphere. And a crayon Chrissy Day makes absolute sense. So Cape Town, being summer over Christmas, we're having great weather. It's a lot of beach weather. And historically, our crayfish season is opened at the end of around the 15th of November. So crayfish is a very much ingrained as a Christmas dish in my family, certainly, but I know a lot of other families, it's, it is the case. So traditionally in my family, you would see my brother and I doing a Christmas morning dive, getting our 10 or 12 crayfish, and that becomes the starter of our, of our crayfish lunch meal. And then we go on to your sort of more traditional um, meat dishes for, for, for our home meal or for our Christmas family tradition. However, we are seeing um, in our online sector, we've, we started a pre-order um, campaign um, on the 1st of December that we delivered to the people the day before Christmas. And a lot of people are telling me, hey, Ryan, we're looking for some good prawns for Christmas lunch. We're looking for some good white fish that we want to do on the braai for our Christmas meal. So there definitely is a very much a seafood culture happening in the Christmas meal for Cape Town, and we're looking to support and encourage that. Coming from one of the lowest per capita seafood consumption nations in the Western world, building demand for seafood in South Africa has been a gargantuan task. Ryan's enthusiasm for growth, coupled with his recently declared security of tenure in his beloved Cape fishery, 
gives him and the industry in South Africa incentive to keep growing. So we had what we call our FRAP 2022 earlier this year. That's the reallocation of all the permits and licenses for the entire industry. So that was through all the sectors, from your handline fishermen, your small scale, right through to your trawlers, your longliners, your tuna pelagic longliners. Everybody in South Africa was reissued their permits this year. So that has basically set up the next 7 to 15 years for most companies because that's the time frame that those permits were um, issued for. Obviously, each year, sets of permit conditions are associated to each sector to best manage the resource. So the next sort of 7 to 15 years, we, we let's say we are safe for in terms of knowing that we have a permit and a right to fish on. So I believe we're going to see investment from people within the industry because they know, right, the next 7 to 15 years, I've got a ticket to harvest from our ocean. Let me invest in our factory. Let me invest in product development. Let me invest in looking at new international markets. So that is the one side of of the coin. The other side of the coin is I've been passionately educating a lot of young and upcoming chefs. I've been engaging with multiple chef schools across South Africa because I believe these young chefs are tomorrow futures food stars in South Africa. Now, I know you guys have MasterChef Australia, and that is heavily um, watched here in South Africa by all our foodies. And I think it's amazing how they hero their local produce. Unfortunately, we see um, TVs f- um, hearing certain items because it's, it's endemic to that area. People that are watching the same program, say in South Africa, for example, see something um, on the TV and then that's all they want to eat because it's been heroed or deemed fashionable. And sometimes some of our underutilized local heroes are getting looked over. So I'm trying, or my mission is to empower local young chefs to become heroes of our local South African cuisine. Look at something like our small black bream that is caught um, regularly here off Table Bay. Its its status is green, it's available all year round, but it's not fashionable. So I challenge these local chefs to say, hey guys, how do you take something that's local, fresh and delicious, make it exciting and put it on your menu so that you can empower a tree South African cuisine. And that's what what I'm excited about 23 for. Ryan Bar's commitment to the ocean, to the fish he catches and sells, and to his customers is inspiring. With an undying love for ensuring that wild fish is recognised as something truly special, it's always great to catch up with him. We look forward to speaking again soon with some of his South African and African fishermen friends. This is Fishtales, a seafood podcast. A Deep in the Weeds production, I'm John Sussman. Follow us on Instagram at Fishtales Seafood Podcast or email us at fishtalespodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay tuned for more tales from beneath the surface of the seafood world every Friday on your podcast app.